You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and I'm joined in the studio by Matt and Jeff. How's it going, guys? We are doing great today. Yes, we are. Uh, so I uh, didn't sleep much last night, so uh, this intro uh, took many, many tries, <laughs> uh, but we're just going to keep going and keep trucking. So uh, Ken is not here today. Uh, Ken actually, what, he was working on the bullet train in Japan, as some of you know from a previous episode, but he, he made his way over to Shanghai. Uh, and today, actually, he's in a very important mini golf game uh, with the great, great, great grandson of Marie Curie. And uh, the winner gets a time machine to see if they can go back and uh, and hang out with Marie Curie. So uh, good luck to Ken there. Uh, if you do win the time machine, just let us know because we have some plans that we'd like to, uh, you know, join you on. So uh, thank you, Ken, for, for not being here. And uh, I'm pretty thankful every time he's not here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we do have some great guests here. Uh, so first, we're going to introduce uh, someone who's going to be competing today uh, with Matt on a team. And that's uh, one of our Intercontinental Champion Patreon supporters, all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas, Jeremy Gabbard. How's it going, Jeremy? Doing super. How are you? Doing well. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and how you found the show and uh, and some of your interests? Uh, I work in IT, a network engineer here for a local ISP. Um, most of my hobbies are bowling. Uh, we do trivia every week. Uh, we're pretty terrible. We had nine people last week, and we still managed to lose. Oh, perfect. Um, I came into y'all through uh, Trivial Warfare, and I just started at the beginning and listened all the way through. Oh, nice. That's a rough start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy will be taking Ken's place as the man with the shaved head and large beard. I was so. going to say he's sporting the Ken look better than Ken himself. <laughs> yeah, we, we complimented your beard. Uh, it's pretty glorious, so uh, well done on that. All right, and uh, a very special guest hosting the show today uh, from Henderson, Kentucky, is Drake Phipps. How's it going, Drake? It's going all right, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Glad and uh, how about the same question? So uh, what are you up to uh, out in Henderson, and uh, how'd you find the show? I'm married, got two kids under five. Uh, they're a handful. That's pretty much all I do is work and take care of them. Yeah. Yep, that's a second full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. We know what you're doing yeah, with your time. totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I found it... Um, found the podcast i was at work and uh sometimes we're allowed to listen to music and i just ran out of music and ran out of stand-up comedy and i literally just thought you know i would love to listen to someone just list off trivia so i googled trivia you came up and uh i accidentally uh listened to the first one like the most recent one for that week and then i was like oh you know i should probably go from the beginning and work my way back so i listened to about five or six episodes a day for 
a few weeks. Oh, wow. That so, is impressive. That's a lot of us. I, I yeah. don't know if I can do that. So we were, you were hanging out with us for five hours a day. Yeah. That's crazy. That's more than we hang out with each other. So. Yeah, no, that, that car ride to Boston nearly killed all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I, luckily, I'm a good enough friend to bury a body for Jeff, but never again. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Jake is going to, uh, host the game for us today, but, uh, before we get that started, um, uh, Matt and Jeremy, uh, team name, what do you guys think? Why don't you talk it out? We, uh, our local name is the catfish holes, but, uh, I am good with anything. Yes. You Cat- like that? Catfish holes. The catfish holes. All there right. We go. <laughs> uh, I love catfish. Fun and, fact. uh, and Max is no longer on catfish, so he's leaving the oh, next season. Sad. Yeah. So there's not going to be anyone with the camera in your face. I I used to catfish people before I knew it was being called catfish. I used to mess around in AOL chat rooms all the time. So you were the original (laughs) catfish? I I didn't know what I was doing. I thought it was was okay. You know, they said ASL. I just said different things. Like, it was fine. That's what happened. (laughs) All right. So before we throw it over to Drake, let's just get a recap from our rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. All right, and since Ken is not here to beat the dead horse... uh, Rod his performance? Yeah, so we'll just say that it was okay. (laughs) Just okay. Okay, so uh, it's going to be Neil and Jeff versus Matt and Jeremy, Team Catfish Holes. Uh, Drake, take it away. All right, first question. Within 15 points, what was Michael Jordan's batting average? I'm going to guess... Um, I, think it's, I think it's super high, right? He was amazing. He's amazing at everything. Yeah. Should I be able to hear you guys right now? Yeah, we're just going to talk around the answer, and then yeah. we'll, we'll lock in, and you guys and then can talk. And me and Jeremy can discuss. Um, okay, within 15 points, um, how do you feel about about this? Pretty close to what I was thinking. Okay, all right, we're yeah. locked in. You guys can talk. Yeah, they were being facetious. Michael Jordan, not a good baseballer. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the only thing I wrote down was under 300 on my sheet and then okay. nothing else. Yeah. So. I, I think... <laughs> so, the response to that was priceless. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very bad. Um, 200 is called uh, the Mendoza line. That's generally what people bat when they're very bad. Um, I think it's a little higher. I think it's somewhere around 213, 212. Um, do you want to lock in at like 200 even? And that gives us 185 to 215. Do you think it would have been under 200? I think it's possible. Okay, then yeah, that's reasonable. Was, okay. he, was he pitcher bad? Yeah. He, I mean, he was literally only on the team because he was Michael Jordan. So uh, there's a good uh, 30 for 30 called Jordan Rides the Bus, which is all about him pretending to be a minor league baseball player. So He didn't pretend. Well, yeah. It wasn't all <laughs> pantomime. He was there. Uh, batting less than 200, maybe. So we're locking in with 200. And uh, I was thinking it was right about that mark, too. Um, Neil wrote down 215. I thought that might be reasonable. I was thinking he was, yeah, maybe a little bit better than 200. So 215 was our final answer. Well, the correct answer is 202. All right. So ah, both, teams, right. Yeah, both teams are right. Nice. Nice. Like it. That was a good question. I didn't even... We did a sports, Neil. Yeah, we did one. That's great. He, yeah, he actually did hit, I think, two home runs. So Whoa. Career? Yeah. Impressive. <laughs> It's more than I can do. It's that's definitely more than enough. I can do. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but he also won like six NBA championships. Oh, yeah. So, Well, that's more than I can do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question two. 
Frederick Bauer invented what famous container? When he passed away in 2008, he was buried in one. We're locked in. Mm. Oh, I do remember that. Any ideas, Jeremy? No, this sounds like something I should know. It's not related to, uh, it's not the guy that was launching into space, right? But I don't know what container that would be. They have that thing now where you can be put into like a like a tree. You get put into a thing and they... Uh, they... I like the plant capsule thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about there. That's Do we know a name for that? No. Is I... there like a generic term for it? <laughs> uh, tree urn. I don't know. Uh... Actually, that's not far off from it. It has urn in the name, doesn't it? I think so. Am I liking a tree urn? Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, I agree. Good enough. We are locked in. All right, and uh, Jeff uh, centered on this one pretty quickly, and I, I agreed. Uh, we went with the Pringles can. Mm. Uh, yes, the Pringles can is correct. All right, question three. In 2018, according to Google, which word was the most misspelled? Mm. Fascinating. And I can clarify if you want me to. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay, um, when going to Google, this was the most used word when you uh, use the phrase how to spell blank. Okay. Okay, that's that's good to know. How to spell blank. How to spell Billy Blanks. Well, Neil Neil wrote down Kofefe, which I think everybody knows how to spell. So mm. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yes. Just trying to get the, the motors running. How to spell... 2018, though. We got to... Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. You're trying to get into the zeitgeist and trying to remember what people would want to know. So, oh, man, 2018, so that'd be this year, so... It would be. Um, <laughs> Good call, unless we get that time machine from Ken. Yeah. He needs to bring that back. <laughs> and I need to buy a lot of Apple stock in 2009. Mm. We're just going to lock in with a guess. Uh, you guys feel free to talk. Well, I don't, I don't know it. Um, I feel it's either uh, political or that's just a red herring, one of the two. Like Something like impeachment or collusion come to mind as words people would want to talk about but yeah i had written down both impeachment and collusion um but i also was thinking uh like something like Fortnite or fidget spinners or these are just things that are like big this year um yeah Fortnite makes sense i think we missed the fidget spinner boom by 2018 ah uh, that's right um and that's still on that train but i've never stopped fidgeting <laughs> <laughs> we can we can put impeachment yeah i mean it's, it would just be a die roll for any of those for me so uh, yeah, we didn't know. We, we we all had the same thought, trying to think of something relevant um, and popular in the zeitgeist. But um, initially, our first guess was Kofif. Uh, so we just wrote that. We wrote Kofif. Well, you guys were being way too specific. You got you just got stuck on one thing and kept on going. The uh, answer is uh, the word beautiful. Oh, huh. That's the most misspelled, according to Google. Weird. Wow. Yeah, they did it state by state. It was... Um, 11 different states that that was the most common thing mm-hmm. misspelled. Wow. Or at least looked up how to spell it, yeah. If they were fans of Jim Carrey, they would know that B-E-A-U-tiful. They would have been fine. That's how I remember to spell it every single time, <laughs> no matter go. what. See? Drake knows. It takes a lot longer to write it, but at least you always have it right. Mm-hmm. All right, question number four. Who was the only person in NBA history to be voted MVP, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year? I could lock in if you're okay with that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Locked in. We are locked in as well, oh. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last name. Oh, I use last names all the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Larry Bird. Yeah. We, we also said Larry Bird. Larry Legend? Larry Legend. Yes, it's Larry Bird. 
It was an easy one. I'm a huge, huge Celtics fan, which is weird being from Kentucky, but yeah. All right. So for my uh, question number five, my listener submitted, I actually asked my kids. Nice. All right. Um, what would they want me to write a question about? Sweet. Uh, one, one was really easy. My five-year-old was really easy. Uh, my four-year-old uh, had no idea what I was talking about and just gave me something really random that was right in front of his face. So, yeah. So here we go. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> All right, number five. What dormitory delicacy was invented by Momofuku Ando? Oh, I know this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we can let him talk it out, but I'm pretty sure I know this one. Okay. What was the first word you said? What? Oh, sorry, second word. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Dormitory. Dormitory. Right here? Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're, we're locked in. You guys can talk. All right. Uh, what were you thinking? I'm pretty sure this is cereal milk. Cereal milk? Yeah, there's a whole chain of Momofuku restaurants. Uh, milk Bar is one of them. They serve various... Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if they popularized it, but they, they or I don't know if they invented it. But they certainly popularized it. Cool. I, yeah, I was thinking instantly dormitory food. I was thinking ramen noodles because that's all you could afford when you're. St- but I guess cereal milk is also very affordable. So I have not even heard of that. Oh, cereal milk bars are awesome. Uh, I just heard about that the other day. Lucky Charms milk, great. Uh, we can lock in with what you said. So you guys are some okay. cereal milk? Cereal milk. So Jeff and I immediately yeah. went with the gut answer. and Of ramen noodles. Of ramen. So he just went with ramen. And ramen noodles is correct. Oh. What? Instant oh, my God. I'm stupid. You're talking about the person, not the restaurant. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that, Matt. <laughs> no, I was thinking the, re- I was thinking the restaurant, Momofuku, not the person, uh, Momofuku. Never mind. The important thing is that we got to talk about cereal milk. Do you want to give your kids a shout out? What are their names? Oh, yes. Uh, Parker. Uh, he's my four-year-old. He just started preschool and absolutely loves it. Mm-hmm. He pretty much ignores us now. Perfect. A little early for that. Um, and then Drake Jr. is my five-year-old, and he is quite literally Drake Jr. He's just like me. He's inquisitive. He, uh, he he sticks by the rules. If you tell him to do something, he does it. He's pretty amazing, actually. You got to have one of them that at least do what you tell him to do. <laughs> well, yeah, hello to, to Drake and Parker when you listen to this at some point. All right, uh, question number six. The Mainstream Top 40, published by Billboard, is a weekly list ranking the songs with the most radio airplay. Within one year, when did Billboard first publish the list? I'm trying to think of when that became a thing, when they had like radio stations that were Top 40, like the um, the Kiss station that Ryan Seacrest hosts in L.A. That's been around. Okay. Who's the guy who voiced uh, Shaggy on Scooby-Doo? That was Case Kasem. Casey. Casey Kasem. Yeah. Oh. Dear Reader. He uh he still has like top forty like shout outs on eighty stations. And yeah. it creeps me out because he's been dead for like five years. <laughs> what do you mean about that? I don't know why, I just wrote it. I think it's way earlier than that. You think so? Yeah. Okay. How about um I'm, okay. thinking, I'm thinking another like fifteen, twenty years. All right, if you say so, then let's go um like that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, we're locked in. Okay. So now we could we could chat about it. Uh what do what do you think your starting point is? I would guess somewhere around late 50s, early 60s starting. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking the same thing because I know I had written a question um, about the four tops having four top 10 billboard hits. And I know that's early 60s Motown. Um, I think Elvis Presley had top 40 billboard hits. 
so what what maybe like 56 or i mean it, it's just gonna be i'm not gonna know i would just have to pick a number there okay uh yeah anywhere in the mid to late 50s is right. reasonable well, to me. let's just do 1955 because that's right in the middle we are locked in so uh, i'll let jeff say the answer my only concern is that when he says top 40 I, I think top 40 might be different than billboard top 10 or whatever top 100 the top 40 was a specific thing could be uh, which is why I think it's later, but we'll go with your answer, which is... Uh, I thought it was earlier. I thought it was in about 1957. Well, see, someone had the right train of thought. I bet it was Neil. The, yes. The top 100 list has been... I, I don't have a year for that written down, mm-hmm. but I know that's been a long, long time. The top 40 list was first published on October 3rd, 1992. Wow. So you, So Neil's much nearer answer was still off by about... 15 years yeah. I, I thought it was like 90s but when you said earlier i was like oh 70s so that was kind of like made as a distinction to separate this type of music that this is top 40 music i'm, I'm guessing it must have been due to the to the radio programs because the, all they do is they have the top 40 and then they just replay it all day mm-hmm. over and over there, there were actually multiple top 40 lists uh but the one that you hear referenced all the time is actually called the mainstream top mm-hmm. 40 mm-hmm. okay Okay. Which is basically all Drake, like our host. <laughs> yeah, it's not the first time I've heard that. Yeah, there you go. Or something like that, yeah. Won't be the last today, don't worry. <laughs> Number seven. In 1943, due to depleted rosters caused by World War II, which two NFL teams merged into one? I like that. Lying in that area? Yeah, so. I like that. Okay, we're locked in with something that's a little educated, but probably wrong. What's your train of thought on this, Jeremy? It's uh, just see what my teammate thinks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that is often a great so strategy. So 1943 is obviously pre-Super Bowl era. Uh, this is super early NFL. And the NFL and AFL are separate entities at this point in time. So you're looking at NFL teams, uh, I believe so anyway. Um, and I think this is around the time that the Chicago Bears and the Decatur Staley's possibly merged to form one team. But I could be wrong. But I think the Bears is one of them. And it'd be great if it was the Bears and they didn't put the Bears and Neil's wearing a Bears shirt and they're wrong. So after all that, I'm going to say probably the Bears. You good with that? Good with that. All right. Chicago Bears. Uh, we were also thinking it was a Chicago team, um, but we thought maybe it was the Cardinals. Cardinals. All right. Well, no points for either team. Uh, it was the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers oh. combining to become the Steagles and going 5-4-1 and one and missing the playoffs that year. You oh. know what? I, my, I didn't write it down for whatever reason, but I was like, the Steelers were also on top of mind. Now, mind you, we wrote six other teams down, so that's not super helpful. <laughs> but I was like, I was thinking the Steelers, but I couldn't remember why. That's why. They were called the Steagles? Yeah. Interesting. I about that. Okay. That's cool. Fun fact that I will probably forget again. Mm-hmm. Question number eight. Who painted the piece Campbell's Soup Cans, which depicts 32 cans, one for each variety of soup sold at the time? I believe we're locked in. Okay. Yep. I think we're locked in. Yeah. This is this is Warhol, right? Is Warhol? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. All right. Locked in with Warhol. Uh, we also went with Andy Warhol. You are correct. All right. You got to throw an easy one out there every now and then. Uh, if you're going to do an easy one in arts, great, because then we feel better about ourselves because we usually don't get the art questions. A little more right. cultured. Yeah, for sure. I will say, um, hearing that question, though, and t- having done this for, I guess, a little over a year now, 
the back of my head, I was like, I bet he's doing this so we'll say Andy Warhol, but it's actually so and so. I'm gonna look like an idiot. But then I was like, I'll just go with Andy Warhol. We're so used to being tricked at this point. Yeah, it's not it's not tricked if we just don't know what we're doing. Fair enough. Most of the time when we do this show, I feel like the uh, the dogs and the bird when the owners hold the blanket up and then disappear around the corner. And that's kind of how I feel every day. So. I did that to my dog, and she does not care. Yep, she just sits there and she's like, whatever. I don't need you. All right, number nine. What is the most common blood type? In the USA. Yeah, I have no idea. So. We have a 12.5% chance on this, Neil. All right, well, let's we'll go with your answer. It was the first thing you wrote down, and usually your gut is right for the most part on anything science-related, so we'll lock in. I always I always get this one screwed up, though. Mm-hmm. That's this fine. is one that I'm so bad at. Spoiler alert, he got it wrong a couple hours ago. No, so. no, it's a different question I got Different wrong, question. But it's related. <laughs> so you're, uh, you guys are locked in? We're locked yeah. in, yeah. All right, uh, Jeremy, I believe it's O positive. Um I have O negative, but I wouldn't argue about it. I know AB positive is the least common, and I believe O negative is the most common, but I, I think, wouldn't fight either way. A, I think that's AB flipped. negative is the least common. Yeah, I think oh, it is. Okay. And then I think O positive would be the most common. Okay, that's fine. We are going to lock in with O positive. Um, we went with uh, one of my favorite metal bands, Type O negative. Hmm. Well, it is O, but it's positive. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the save. I always get that wrong. Yeah, every time. I I had like a, without fail. I figured if the negative was the least common, I figured positive was probably the most common, and they're probably not related. But I don't care because we got it right. All right, question ten. Appearing in a study in Scarlet, the sign of four, and the adventure of the crooked man, what was the name given to the group of young street urchins who are employed by Sherlock Holmes as intelligence agents? And there are two possible answers. I wrote down Sherlock Holmes. Very excited. <laughs> yeah, I love Sherlock Holmes. Um, he's like my favorite uh, fiction, one of my favorite fictional characters. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. We're locked in. You guys okay. can talk. Do you have any idea, Jeremy? No, I've never read them. I'm a little bit aware through like pop culture percolation, but haven't ever read them. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I haven't even seen the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, movies. So. Yeah, you're probably doing yourself a favor. Yeah, I, I should. They're I, fine. I know they're okay. So. Uh, so I I wrote down Lost Boys because I don't know I have no idea. Yeah, all I got was urchins, which uh, just like which sounded funny to me for street urchins. But uh, yeah, just Lost Boys is fine. I don't have anything better. Uh, agreed. Lost the Boys sharks. are fine. So uh, on elementary, uh, when Sherlock needs help, and I, this could be way off, but when he needs help, uh, he reaches out to everyone, which I believe is uh, is a play on words for anonymous the hacker group so it's probably wrong but he reaches out to everyone and they're the people that help him out with like uh, stuff on the street so that's our answer we'll see on the show everyone like you said is actually a, a hacking you know group on the books the urchins are known as the baker street boys mm. or the baker street irregulars all right so after a great first round uh, it's a very tight game uh team catfish holes uh has 40 points respectable and team triviality only 10 points ahead of them with 50 points so um great uh, dividing questions here so far drake so what do you have for us for the swing round all right the swing round is going to be a lot of fun uh it is movie franchises all right so i'm going to give you 10 movie franchises and you have to tell me how many movies are in that franchise sounds simple it is not (laughs) so five points each okay let me know when you're ready so whenever whenever you're ready number one land before time number two james bond number three x-men which has two possible answers 
number four, Yogi Bear. Number five, Alien versus Predator. Number six, Friday the 13th. Number seven, Air Bud. Number eight, The Crow. Number nine, Die Hard. And number 10, Terminator. Just a couple qualifying questions to be the film nerd. Um, Alien versus Predator. Uh, are you talking franchises of Alien versus Predator or a, a, a movie that just has either Alien and or Predator in it? So it'll be anything with Alien, anything with Predator, okay. anything with both of them. So, Drake, I, I have a few more questions. I'm sorry to be I think moving there's a... if you need to clarify. So with the Bond movies, uh, are these canonical Bond movies or including non-canon Bond movies? I have no idea. See, so this is this is my issue. I'll say this. It's not going to give anything away. There are two Bond movies that aren't technically canon um, that were done outside of the uh, Eon Studios. So, um, well, damn, Matt, we have to change our answer now. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Let me, let me just... <laughs> so we'll see. I think I know where you're going, but if if it needs to be changed, we'll we'll be changed. So, film franchises. Let's uh, see what happens. Let's see what happens. Uh, so uh, we'll, we're going to throw it over to you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Now for number one, was Land Before Time. Uh, nine came to mind, so uh, we just put down nine <laughs> without any real bearing. Uh, Jeremy said that he had heard up to seven and then we assume there's probably a couple of DVD ones released at some point in time after that. And we wrote down nine as well. Hey, look at that. Well, you're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there are 14 movies in the Land Before Time franchise. And I have sadly watched every single one of them because my kids love dinosaurs. And every time I bring up Netflix, that's like the first thing that pops up. And oh, no. we got to watch it. 
So the asteroid hasn't hit that craze yet. Yeah. Mm. No. Uh, for number two was James Bond. Yeah, so for this one, um, Jeff made a joke uh, every time we do trivia. It's just sort of keep my brain fresh. Uh, I write all the James Bond movies in order um, on a little notebook page while we're playing trivia. Um, and I'll, and you can answer this question, Drake. It's up to you. So uh, Bond movies are considered canon and non-canon. So the canon films uh, in the series, well, there's... Do the breakdown. There's uh, Okay, so there's, there's six Sean Connery. There's one George Lazenby. There's seven Roger Moore, two Michael... Uh, or Timothy Dalton, four Pierce Brosnan, four... Daniel Craig. So that equals 24. And then there's actually one non-licensed uh, Bond movie that uh, Sean Connery did called uh, Never Say Never Again. And there's the original Casino Royale that had Woody Allen and David Niven in it. So non-canon, it would be 26. But our answer for the canon is 24. So we were counting those and we said 26. <laughs> we, we just guessed. <laughs> I will take 26. That's the answer I have. I'll go ahead and give it to you, both teams. <laughs> go team. Go team. All right, this is the one that I, at the beginning, said there was two possible answers, and that is number three, X-Men. And, of course, I'll explain why after you answer. Um, so we went with, so you get your first three, your X-Men's one, two, and three, then there's the Days of Future Past, and then you have your um, your Wolverines. And I, think there, I thought there was two Wolverine. Um, so... Or three. I don't know. We ended up with eight. Uh, yeah, so our reasoning, again, depending on where, where Drake wanted us to go, uh, there's the three original. There's the three where Fastbender is uh, Magneto, so another trilogy. So it's mm. six. And then if you include the uh, Wolverine films, that's another trilogy. So we it's either six or nine, depending on if you include the Wolverine films. Nine or 11. Mm. That's if you add Deadpool into it, because then they do have X-Men characters within that franchise. Oh yeah, I guess that's that's true. We did talk about Deadpool, and then still got it wrong. Cool. <laughs> All right, this one uh, seemed to be an issue. <laughs> uh, number four, Yogi Bear. Oh yeah, is I mean I, I can. I, how many times can he steal a picnic basket? Uh, <laughs> Come just, on, boo boo. We, well, <laughs> we just said three. We had no re- no reason. Well, we looked on our list and we thought, you know, it's probably a classic trilogy, so we went three. Okay, on my paper, I have 11. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. This was before movie tie-ins and everything. Yeah. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking it up right now, and um, there's actually more than that, but some of them are shorts, and uh, there's the live-action film from 2010, which was a disaster. Very bad movie. Yeah, but uh, see, that's, that was my one issue is that I uh, researched it all, wrote down the answer, and that's all I did was write down the answer. I didn't write down my, my <laughs> research behind stuff. Well, Jeff, you should tell him all I said when we went outside about Yogi Bear. Well, the only thing that matters was that uh, Justin Timberlake did the voice of Boo Boo in the live action one. So. That's all I knew. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and JT. Yeah. Couldn't save that movie. All right, number five was the Alien versus Predator franchise. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think there's two AVP movies. Um, we ended up with around four alien movies because uh, you got your three and then Prometheus, I believe, is an alien movie. Um, and I think there's actually more Predator movies. We just put the one. So we ended up with seven. Uh, so yeah, so for us, uh, you have Alien 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, Alien Covenant, Alien or mm-hmm. Prometheus, so six. And then you have uh, Predator, Predator, Predator 2, 
Predators, right. Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator 2, which is 11. So our official answer is 11, but by the time this recording comes out, I believe Shane Black's Predator, The Predator, will be out, so it will technically be 12, but we said 11. <laughs> well, you should have gone with 12. <laughs> 12 is the answer. Mm. Yeah, I think the 12 counts The Predator. Yeah, because that one hasn't come out yet. So that's why I was saying, uh, as of this recording, it's 11. Uh, I must have been counting that one, so I mean, I'll, I'll take 11. I mean, that's up to you guys. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just... I mean, you were 100% right, so you should probably get the point. <laughs> you said it's 11 and then 12 if you count the sequel or the, yep. the movie that's about to come out. So, All right. Number six, Friday the 13th. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't even think if we knew which franchise this was. <laughs> yes, we talked about Jason <laughs> and Freddy, and I couldn't remember. So we just said six. Uh, so yeah, there's there's ten regular Jasons, and then <laughs> oh Jason X, duh. Jason yeah. Then there's uh, um, Friday the Thirteenth, the reboot with Jared Padalecki from Supernatural, and then uh, Freddy versus Jason. So we put twelve. And twelve is the correct answer. Mm. See, Jeremy, that's exactly what I told you would happen. You'd have all the answers <laughs> written every single movie in the franchise. I was just gonna say, am I allowed to like, yell nerd? <laughs> you are. It's encouraged. That's fine. I, I appreciate it. I take it. It's his badge of honor. All right, number seven, the Airbud franchise. So there's definitely you got Airbud, and then uh, I think it's like something in the end zone, and then you had the outfield one. So there's three there, and then I think there's there's another one. There's a soccer one, Golden whatever. I don't know, whatever. There's fourth one, Golden and, Retriever. Yeah, that's the football receiver, one, Golden something. Receiver. Um, but there's also the Air Buddies movies, which are his puppies. Um, and I think there's a couple of those. So we ended up with seven. I was not cognizant of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought there was like one or two of the basketball movies, a football movie, uh, potentially a baseball or soccer movie. We went with four. And the answer is 14. <laughs> what? <Whoa. laughs> it's 14 whenever you add the, uh, the buddy. Yeah, there's a lot of those. <laughs> that's that's cool. a big litter. I was, I was yeah, literally going to say the exact same thing. Jeremy and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Ernest. I mean, they just kept on and kept on and kept on. Oh, I wish it was like Ernest. I need more Ernest movies. Our number eight seemed to confuse uh, one team, at least. Yeah. Uh, the Crow. Why don't you guys tell us what the what movies are in the Crow franchise? Um, so there's the Crow, and then there's Crow City of Angels, Angels, which we uh, we knew about, and then uh, I believe there's one called Salvation, and I think there's one after that that I can't remember. It went straight to video, and then they've been trying to remake it for like 15 years. Jason Momoa was the recent one, but now it's a casualty again. It's not going to happen. So uh, our official answer, I believe, is four. Yeah. Um, all we can think of was the first crow and i knew there had to be a second one and i don't know why i didn't think of that google doll song which is definitely from city of angels uh and that's the only reference point but we just said two the answer is four. Oh. Jesus. the fourth one is the crow wicked prayer all right number nine the die hard franchise go so to the coast have a few laughs <laughs> so you got die hard one uh Two threes with a vengeance. Mm, uh, is it ever? And then uh, all I could think of is the other one that was came out like in 2007 or whatever that was. So we said four. Yep, you've got uh, Die Hard one. Which one's two subtitled? Is uh, Die Hard two Die Harder? Die, die Harder, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then of course Die Another Day, right? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, no, I know. And there are two films after that mm. yep live for your die hard and a good day to die hard yeah. yep. a good day to die hard that was so okay so five sorry 
right, so five. Yes, five is the correct answer. As soon as you kicked it to me, I totally blanked on what the other two were called. <laughs> but I remembered that there were two others. And some other ones. I just wanted to make the live for your diehard joke. All right, and lastly, number 10, Terminator. All right, this one I think we got. Um, you have your first two, the classics, and the third one with Lady Terminator. And then you have a couple of, uh, what's her name? Something, whatever the Chronicles were. Sarah Connor. I was saying it earlier. Now I can't remember. Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, so we said uh, five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have the the first three with Arnold, and you have Salvation, where uh, if you look up mm-hmm. Christian Bale's uh, rant against the DP uh, online, mm-hmm. where he goes, "Oh, good for you." Oh, that <laughs> is that one. Um, <laughs> and then uh, then you have uh, Genesis, which failed miserably at the box office. So with why uh, five? Just for the record, they're filming one now, so it could be six in a year, but it's five officially. Yes, it is five with another one to come out next year. All right. Well, we got two of those, so... Nice. Hey, that's 10 points. Yeah. All right, so after the swing round, it looks like uh, Team Catfish Holes picked up 10 points, and Team Triviality picked up an additional 35 to have the scores going into the second round as 50 uh, for Team Catfish Holes to Triviality's 85. So all yours, Drake. All right, so on to round two. Number one, on which body part would you wear an aglet? Got it. We're locked in. Okay. That's not a good sign. Uh, can, can you spell aglet? A-G-L-E-T. Aglet. Isn't this the, uh, the like plastic bit on the end of the shoelace? Like the like the tip thing, right? The, yeah, the, like the hard barrel. My vote is foot, but feel free to override me if, we, if you think of something. Oh, no. I don't have a better answer. <laughs> um, it's not a grommet, but yeah. it's another fu- that's another fun shoe word. Yeah, he's hanging out with Wallace. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, we are going to lock in with foot then. Yep, I think that's the right answer. Uh, aglets are the little plastic things on the end of shoelaces, oh. typically. So uh, you, we're agreeing on your foot. That is correct. Ten points. And I have to do a little shout out to my mom. She's just like me. She has a very trivial mind. First memories I have of trivia is playing uh, Trivial Pursuit. Uh, this coming up and it has been a running joke oh my goodness for 20 years now oh. is that why Parker's middle name is at Parker Aglet Phipps <laughs> <laughs> no 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 uh, but yeah shout out to my mom Michelle uh, she'll be listening to this of course nice All right. thank you for listening Michelle number two as many know Michael Phelps has won the most medals in Olympic history but if you only count the Winter Olympics who then holds the record? My, my gut tells me it's like a Scandinavian woman okay. who was like a skier and did like, like you know, downhill and like Nordic combined and like the biathlon, like a bunch of events. Right. It's got to be a skier. But was sort. also like in the Olympics like five times. Like, yeah, that's like a, real, yeah. real longevity. You guys are giving us lots of info. That's fine. I, we're never going to come up with the right name. So I don't, yeah. How I, about this name here? We're going to go with... Uh, well, I don't know it offhand. I was thinking skaters, since there's approximately 100 different skating events. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who's won the most. I wrote down Yamaguchi and Lipinski just mm-hmm. as people who won. But people don't typically do back-to-back Winter Olympics, do they, for skating? No. You know, so I was thinking, so maybe something like speed skating, or I was also thinking snowboarding. I couldn't name a speed skater. I used to play a lot of, like, N64 snowboard games but i can't think of professional ones 1080 snowboarding mm. it was the best game get out of here with your ssx Ugh. 
Um, so the only one I could think of is Apollo Ono, and I don't know if it would be him, but he's a name. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if that's an event that people compete in mold- more than one Olympics for, then yeah, he won gold in Salt Lake, right? He was, I think, he was on the medal on the podium there, and he also won gold in Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, so he got that one too. So so we got that going for us. Okay, we'll go. We'll go with Apollo. I like Apollo. Yeah, Jeff and I uh, know that there are many, many accomplished female Olympians, uh, most likely that we were saying in like skiing that could be doing like downhill and alpine. And um, I remember from watching like um, the Olympics this year in um, Pyeongchang where it's just like there was there was women who were in like like their fifth Olympics, like mm-hmm. they had like 16 year careers and it was all like really hardy events like cross country skiing and like mm-hmm. stuff that's like like the speed events I think always tend to go to like younger people mm-hmm. like they just tend to dominate those but like endurance events you can go for a while generally if you're if you're up there so I don't know yeah we, 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 we didn't yeah. get any closer with that but yeah we couldn't pull a name so you don't have a name <laughs> no well we have a name but we couldn't pull like an actual name we didn't want to like uh taint anyone's legacy by getting the name wrong so we just went with uh Elizabeth Salander a made-up name no the girl with the dragon tattoo oh, fair <laughs> enough. well your whole thought process was Correct. Uh, it was cross-country skiing, and it was multiple Olympics, of course. But um, as of the 2018 games, uh, Merit Bjorgen has 15 wow. medals wow. in cross-country skiing. And when I was watching the Pyeongchang Olympics, I was like, there was somebody who was like crazy impressive and gets no credit. So, <laughs> yeah, she got she medaled five times. Oh. <laughs> wow. Like the idea of medaling once is, is so impressive to me. And then people are like, oh, no, I won like you know, a couple you know, golds in a row at one event or one Olympics. Number three, another sports question. Of the big four sports, give me three locations of the Hall of Fames. I can tell you where the Bowling Hall of Fame is. Does that count towards the big four or no? Uh, it's not the big five. No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so we're 66% of the way to three of them. I think it's wrong, but it's fine with me. Okay, we're locked in. I thought one of them was in New York State and one in Pennsylvania, but I couldn't play cities for them, so I'm just going to listen to what you have to say and argue. Uh, Cooperstown, I believe, is in New York. It is. Thanks for the help. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's the Baseball Hall of Fame. For baseball? Uh, yeah. The NFL Hall of Fame is in Canton, Ohio. Um, and the Basketball Hall of Fame, I believe, is in Springfield, and I think it's Kentucky. Um, because, and I think that too, that Drake would ask this question if it's his home state. Uh, yeah, I can't just preview. Cool. We are locked in. Yeah, we agree. Um, NFL just had their Hall of Fame game uh, at Canton, Ohio. Uh, Cooperstown, New York is definitely the baseball Hall of Fame. And the other two, we were kind of lost. But uh, the hockey one I heard before, I can't remember if it's in Canada or in the U.S. We were thinking if it was in the U.S., it was maybe in Minnesota. Um, but we know they're not all big popular teams uh, locations, so we just went Ottawa for the hockey one, but no bearing on it. Mm-hmm. One team's getting points, obviously. Yep. Yep. We know which one it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baseball is Cooperstown, New York. Football is Canton, Ohio. Hockey is Toronto, Canada. Ooh. Oh, it is Toronto. And I'm going to give you the basketball one. It's Springfield, but it's Massachusetts, not Kentucky. I knew it was Springfield. That's all right. Yeah, you got Springfield. So yeah. that's what you wrote down. So uh, I wrote down Toronto, but and I didn't think they had one in a big city like that. I thought they were all kind of obscure. Mm-hmm. All right, good question though. Number four, as you know, Marvel is huge, comics, movies, and millions upon millions of dollars. But most don't know that that hasn't always been the company's name. 
What was the original name? All right, we don't have a, a great answer, but we've locked in. Mm-hmm. What What did you say? You thought it was Sun? I thought in the it title? had Sun in the name, but I. What kind of so like Rising Sun or something like that or? Well, I was thinking Sunrise, but I mean sun. Excelsior sounds more like a comic thing than what I'm trying to pull. So okay, we can we'll lock in with Excelsior. Yeah, I'm sure um, our listeners, Mike Cameron and Nolan Warner, who are huge comic book fans, uh, will roll their eyes. But yeah, we didn't know. So we just were thinking Stanley says Excelsior a lot. So maybe it was originally called that and he, he kept it going. So we also went with Excelsior. Well, in 1961 is when they became Marvel. Before that, they were the Atlas comics. Mm. But originally, they were known as Timely Publications in 1939. Number five, another listener submitted question from my son. In Jurassic World, what was the name of the new genetically engineered dinosaur? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, so they're locked in. Yeah. <laughs> Does anything about this sound familiar? No, I've seen the original Jurassic Park, but I have not seen the reboot. Yeah. So. They created this dinosaur that, like a cross between a T-Rex and a raptor, I think, is what it is. I wanted to say Megalodon, but that's the, uh, that's, that's, that's the Meg. The Meg. <laughs> uh, Jason Statham took that out already. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We no longer have to worry about the Meg. Yeah. So we, we're going to lock in with Theodore Rex. <laughs> 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 we'll be Goldberg classic. Uh, Jeff. So I feel like, I feel like Neil was getting there, put me up for a rebound and I just brought it down and shattered the glass because mm. uh, this one this one came crashing back to me. I believe this is the Indominus Rex. Oh, never would have got it. That is correct. Indominus Rex, which translates to fierce or untamable king. We don't get points for last name Rex, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, of course not. Rules. Rex. Did, you write, did you write Oedipus? No, Theodore Rex. That would have been better. Uh, no, he didn't write Oedipus. He no. couldn't see the paper. <laughs> a really deep joke there mm-hmm. sorry okay number six in 1977 lucia harris was drafted with the 137th pick in the nba draft what team officially drafted her marking the first woman drafted i don't get any of those drafts like with lotteries and like balls coming out of the things the lottery mm-hmm. balls is yeah. that what they use i don't know no envelopes that are cold i don't know that was that was one time yeah yeah What's funny is the fantasy drafts are almost as complicated as the real drafts mm. when no one's life is on the line. It's not complicated. Matt knows you got to take a kicker in the seventh round yeah. and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the nerd hobbies, our, uh, the Magic the Other group got canceled last night so they could do their final or their uh, fantasy football draft. So that was sad. Jeff was just playing Magic last night too. I was. <laughs> could have uh, just joined him. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you guys were playing together. We don't know this. You guys know each other. I love that game. I don't know. That'd be great. We have to put people together. You should play with Jeremy sometime. That'd be fun. Um, we locked in with a complete guess because we have no idea. Okay. But I don't actually have any insight, so I think we should just lock in with Lakers. Sure. All right. Lakers it is. For the simple fact that it's Drake's favorite team, we just went with the Celtics. Well, good guess, but wrong. <laughs> uh, it is the New Orleans Jazz. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah, Lucia... Uh, Harris said she's uh, considered to be one of the pioneers of women's basketball. Um, and uh, she played professionally with the Houston Angels in the WBL uh, and was the first and only woman ever officially drafted by the NBA. Uh, f- and for her achievements, she was nom- or, uh, inducted to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame and Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Oh, where is that basketball hall of fame? Weird. <laughs> yeah. Possibly wow. Springfield. All right, number seven is a shout-out to my best friend, 
uh, Macon Bourne, uh, who just had a son. His name's Macon Bourne? Yeah, his name's Macon, as in like Macon Bacon or Macon Georgia. That's awesome. That's well, yeah. a, he has a really cool name. That's yeah. all I wanted to get. Hello, Macon. Thank you for listening and congratulations. Number seven, uh, founded in 1829. What is the oldest operating brewery in America? Beer is so popular right now. So I'm trying to, there's so many just now. It took a while after Prohibition to come back, but I think it's hitting its stride. <laughs> They're always talking about their proud heritage, right? Yeah. Okay. Of, of Rocky Mountain Brewing. Okay. Yeah, we're in. I love giving those clues. Having a real banquet over there. Uh, I bet they felt like Miller or something and just said that to throw us off. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I, I seem to remember watching a documentary and they mentioned Yingling as either the oldest or the oldest family run brewery. So I don't know if any of the macro brews have topped it or yeah. older than it. I mean, that would make sense, too, because it's like a specifically East Coast kind of thing. Um, I mean, for that reason, I wrote Sam Adams because I figured time period, you're looking at a brewery out East Coast. Um, but I do like, I like Yingling. Uh, it's called, they just call it the lager when you're out there. You just have a lager. It's good. For that reason, I think we should go with that. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. And Sam Adams is a great guest. Uh, Although I think that one's just for the historical value. Mm-hmm. They I, tack that name on. I don't know if he said American, but I also think like, what about like Sing Tao or, or Karen or something, you know, from another country? No, I think, I think he said American, right? Oh, I don't remember. Did you? Correct. Right. I said American. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then, yeah, I guess my well, point here American is invalid. Um, but uh, yeah, Jeff just wrote Bush. I wrote Miller. And uh, we kind of went back and forth. and I feel like uh, Anheuser-Busch is always going on about their proud German heritage and uh, how long they've been here. But uh, so we said Anheuser-Busch. Well, the answer is Yingling. Well All done. Right. Good job, Jeremy. Yeah, nice job. I finally, finally got one they did in Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were due. Fun fact is uh, they're only available in 14 states. Uh, Kentucky actually just recently got it, or at least Henderson just recently got it. They are the fourth most distributed beer in America. Wow. Yeah, we just, we just got them within the last year, or so I haven't even tried it, but it's been a, a big deal here when a bar gets it. So, oh yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty good. Number eight, believe it or not, two presidents have shared the same birthday, November second. Different years, of course. I need you to name one, or both, for bonus points. You want to do maybe like a maybe a Reagan? Does Reagan sound like? Like something. Good. I mean, we could say Adams and see, get a two out of forty-four shot, right? Ooh, Adams. Good call. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, just what? Whatever. Two presidents. Okay. So let's do Reagan and Grover Cleveland. Uh, yeah. So for us, uh, we weren't too sure. We we were talking about it uh, probably being or possibly being like Harding and then maybe Polk. Um, and then, uh, and then we we're like, no, that would it would not be Harding or Polk whatsoever. This tells you that uh, Neil may have looked the question <laughs> up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, there's no way it's going to be Harding and Polk. So uh, we said, it's it's got to be Teddy Roosevelt. And then uh, after Teddy Roosevelt, our bonus is going to be Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So mm. two Roosevelts for the price of one. Mm. So we should have went with the Adams and Adams. Well, uh, actually, you should have gone with what you first thought, evidently, which was uh, Warren G. Harding. In 1865, and James K. Polk in 1795. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I I had to look it up because I was like, let's see how wrong we were, and we were very wrong. <laughs> so that's a that's a cool fact. That's a cool. One. This is something that uh, Ken would be useful for, actually. Yes. Dang. That's all right. He's he's still playing mini golf. He's on he's on uh, you know hole 17. Yeah. He's got to hit it into James K. Polk's mouth. Is that, is that the one? <laughs> 
They love Polk over in Shanghai. Here's uh, number nine for you. In what famous city was the first skyscraper built in 1885? Uh, so I have nothing on this one also. Uh, anything, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, I wrote down New York as the obvious but probably wrong answer. It's the same with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, did they start building tall buildings in Tokyo that early? So the one thing I did write down was Tokyo. Um because you would think it's American. I know they were, I mean, they're, they were like right on top of that, right? Like, I mean, they had the tallest building for a long time, I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, Beijing came to mind too, but I didn't think they started their like mm-hmm. growth in population that early. Right. Um, I'm okay with Tokyo. I think, I think that's a kind of a good guess there. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Okay. We were locked in with Tokyo. I, I always hear the Flatiron Building in New York is one of those like referenced like early tall buildings, and it's only like what t- like ten ish stories, but mm-hmm. it's I th- felt like it was about that time, so we just guessed New York City given mm-hmm. its proclivity for early skyscrapers. Well, guys, this is one of those asshole questions. <laughs> the city is Chicago. Oh. Um, what was the building? Hancock Building. The no. Home Insurance Building is what it was referred to as. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no longer no longer. Uh, Standing, but it was uh, ten stories tall. Wow! Oh, that, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it was fourteen years before this record. Oh, that's probably why they were able to build it because the entire city burned down. Yeah, fair enough. All right, last question in round two: Which NCAA Division One college has the only basketball program to win multiple NCAA tournament championships and multiple NIT championships? Uh, so you you have no idea here, right? No. Okay. Um, I know UConn has won multiple titles, and I think they've recently won an NIT. Um, so I think we can lock in with UConn as like a somewhat educated guess. We didn't have an educated guess, but figuring that Drake's from Kentucky, we said Kentucky. And that is correct. Oh my I'm God. a diehard University of Kentucky fan. Uh. My first, My first memory is laying on the floor watching a game with my mother and near the end of the game i turn around to tell my mother i'm hungry that i need dinner and she tells me to shut up and wait for the end of the game <laughs> y'all uh, y'all tried the game theory thing like three times it finally paid off I, yeah. I, I, i'm glad you caught that we, we kept trying all right after uh the second round and regulation it looks like the scores are up to 80 points for team catfish holes and 115 points for team Triviality, uh, and that's what they can. Uh, that's what we can wager with. So, uh, Drake, what are our final round categories? All right. Number one, you can't quite remember this answer. Number two, famous last words. Number three, units of measure. Number four, pinball. And number five, Steven Spielberg. Oh God! All the wagers are in. Drake, take it away. Question number one. In the category, you can't quite remember this answer. The question is, what is the French term for the phenomena of almost remembering, but not quite? Number two, famous last words. I'm going to give you the last words of a famous novel, and you must tell me what the novel is. The quote goes, tomorrow, I'll think of some way to get him back. After all, tomorrow is another day. Number three, units of measure. What is a milli, Helen? 
Number four, in the category of pinball. In the movie based upon the Who's Pinball Wizard, what was the pinball wizard's name? And number five, Steven Spielberg. If you adjust for ticket price inflation, what was Steven Spielberg's lowest grossing film? Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we're all locked in. Cool. All the answers are locked in. All right. Well, number one, the topic was, you can't quite remember this answer. What is the French term for the phenomena of almost remembering, but not quite? And Catfish Holes, you wagered 10 points. Correct. Yep, and I studied French for several years in high school and then in college, and I just can't pull this. Uh, I went with je ne sais quoi, because that's the closest thing I could come up with that's used in English. Okay, in triviality, you wagered five points. Yeah, that makes sense on je ne sais quoi, because um, I believe that translates to, like, I know not what. But uh, we said deja vu. All right, well, the answer is pretty close to that. It's in the same realm. That's how I found it. Uh, it is, and correct me if I pronounce it wrong, uh, pre-K view, or <sighs> pre-K, uh, P-R-E-Q-U-E. All right, number two, famous last words. I gave you the last words of a novel, a famous novel, and asked you to give me what that novel was. The quote goes, tomorrow, I'll think of some way to get him back. After all, tomorrow is another day. Now this time we'll go with Triviality, who wagered 10 points. Yeah, um, we pretty sure this is the wrong novel, but, um, you know, novels with famous last words, we, I guess, we think of Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I thought of Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind. For some reason, Tomorrow is Another Day kind of stuck with me for some reason. So that's what we went with. Mm. Yeah, we just went with another classic uh, novel and went with Of Mice and Men. Well, someone's losing 10 points and someone's gaining 10 points. Ooh. And that's triviality. It's Gone with the Wind. Mm. Wow. Nice pull, Neil. It's from the movie, but I think that's probably where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> Three. The <laughs> topic was... Units of measure. The question Flinship. is, what is a what is a millihelen? 
and catfish holes, thinking they got it right after they locked in with 30 points on the wager. What is your answer? Yeah, Jeremy, why don't you tell us what you think it is and what we locked in with? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's the face that launched a thousand ships. So that would be one ship we locked in with a measure of volcano intensity after Mount St. Helens. All right, and triviality with a wager of 10. Yeah, um, jokingly, we were at one one thousandth of a Helen. <laughs> well, it's up to you guys. That's technically right. But the answer is the amount of beauty to launch one ship. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to. Yeah, that's no what I was thinking that. too, but I was just like, no. I, I was like, there's got to be another unit I'm missing. We can yeah. give them the points. I mean, no, we no, weren't no, in no, here, no. so. You lock it in, you lock it in. Yeah. All right. Live and die by the sword. Well, number four, which was my favorite question out of all these, uh, was the topic pinball. The question was in the movie based upon the Who's Pinball Wizard, what was the pinball wizard's name? And triviality, you have nothing to gain or lose. So. Go ahead. We just put Elton John because we didn't know. It's not Captain Fantastic. Catfish with wager of 10. Jeremy said the name Tommy at some point. Oh, that's a great Who reference. I wrote Tommy. Oh, guess what? You get 10 points because it is Tommy. (laughs) Oh, man. There you go. That was the movie in 1975. And Elton John might have been in it, but he didn't play the pinball wizard. That was played by the lead singer of the Who, Roger Daltrey. So is the album Tommy in reference to that? Well, the musical is Tommy, yeah. No, I just meant the Who album, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a rock album, yeah. rock opera, yeah. Gotcha. All right, last question. In the topic of Steven Spielberg, the question was, if you adjust for ticket price inflation, what was Steven Spielberg's lowest grossing film? And let's kick it to Catfish Trolls with nothing to gain or lose. I think it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, <laughs> we wrote The Goonies. And Triviality with 30 points on the wager. Uh, yeah, he did produce that film um, for Richard Donner. Um, so really, it just came down to um, what movie would not have made a lot of money. That would have been one when he was younger. The clue of it being adjusted for ticket prices makes it makes me think it was going to be an old movie. Um, and every movie after basically his second movie was a big money hit, uh, minus a couple of them. Um, so um, I know that uh, 1974's Sugarland Express made about $7 million or so, um, and it was his first movie theatrically released. So uh, my gut went with Sugarland Express. And the answer is Sugarland Express, 1974. It made $37.1 million when adjusted for inflation. Yeah, that'd be about right. Ah, I must have missed that one. Yeah, Goldie Hawn. All right. So after the final round and uh, the scores being tabulated, Team Catfish Holes is uh, going to end with 40 points, and Team Triviality is going to add uh, 100 points to that and end with 140 points and are today's cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Drake, thank you for uh, <laughs> writing those questions. That was awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I had an absolute blast doing this and writing the questions. Good. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, and uh, shout out to Parker and Drake Jr. and uh, your mom, Michelle. Yeah, and then my wife also for you know watching the kids so I could do this. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and also a very big thank you for supporting the show mm-hmm. uh, like you do. It really helps. And uh, uh, yeah, any any last words? What are you going to be up to today? I've got bowling and that's all I've got to do today. So. Sounds pretty great. All right. Sport of Kings. So thank you all to everyone who's a Patreon supporter at uh, patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash trivialitypod or our private Facebook group, The Crop, uh, for Ken, 
who is not here, and he's uh, he actually just won his game, so he's got a time machine, so we'll see what happens and what we can do with that and maybe do an episode uh, in the space-time continuum. Uh, for Jeff and Matt, who are here, Jeremy and Drake, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. All right. It's Megalodon. He's kidding, right? <laughs> I bestow upon you the right to say Excelsior whenever and wherever you wish, because that's the kind of guy I am. Excelsior! And you did it right. You emphasized the cell. Excelsior!